I want to welcome everybody to Life Unedited Working Women. My name is Elisa McCabe. I'm the owner at First Steps Financial, and I'd like to welcome you. Each week, we meet new boss women. We gain new perspectives, stories, and inspiration. And if you haven't joined us before, welcome. And thanks to all who are returning for another episode. This conversation is recorded as a live webinar. So if you're here with us on Zoom, feel free to put questions in the chat and comments into the chat, and we'll answer them as we go along. And if you're watching us live on Facebook, we are happy to have you. And you can always watch it again later. I am so excited today to have my special guest, Gina Graziano, because I am lucky to have her in my life. Gina is a whole bunch of things, but to me, she is my chief of staff and she's my right hand and she's become a really good friend and she keeps me sane and all kinds of good things on top of that. She's also a QuickBooks online pro advisor, a New Jersey state notary public. And after being a stay-at-home mom for seven years, she returned to work at a small accounting firm where she learned bookkeeping and fell in love with numbers. And that is when I found, that's when we met, I put an ad on Facebook and then you and I ended up talking and I just saw saw a rock star. So welcome, Gina. Why, thank you for having me today. I'm very honored to be the guest. I keep calling it my podcast debut. So, you know, I know your story with us. Like, so when you started with us, Gina came in as a bookkeeper and she did amazing work and your clients adored you. And as you and I worked more and more together, I realized there was so much more of a synergy between us that you got how entrepreneurs work. You understood it. And more importantly, you understood me. (laughs) You said, oh, wait a minute. And what we realized is the connection that you and I had was that I was the visionary, you were the integrator, and you knew that like, okay, Elisa comes up with all these ideas all day long and you fielded them and you said, okay, yeah, that one's going, that one's going, okay, this is a good one. We're going to put this one for later. We'll talk about this later, but these are all out. These are all at the door. We're not even going to talk about them. And for someone who owns a business and someone who has my personality type. Finding you was a godsend. She also has two kids who are amazing and she takes care of them and husband. So Gina does a lot. I do a lot. I like being busy though. And that's the thing. All right. So just tell us like typical other things that you do. So not only do you work, work. you are involved in cheer and baseball. I mean, my kids are... Yeah. Well, my, not so much anymore. My kids are 13 and 16 now. So right. They're my life. We actually discussed this yesterday when we were talking about our personal best and everybody's personal best was their kids. their kids. So right now I'm focused there. So I did, I love to volunteer. I'm not right now because it's just, there's no opportunities. I was on the PTA. I was the vice president of the PTA. I'm still involved with the kids booster clubs and stuff. I love to help you with whatever yeah, that's true. charity you're working with. I always feel like they're my charities too. So, <laughs> we yeah. are. Well, and I think that's the other thing too. You and I realize we're both extremely community minded. Yes. We're always thinking about how do we give back to the community? We always are trying to utilize the skills that we have and how can we help others with it? And that's 
that's been a really big thing that, you know, Gina and I saw kindred spirits in that. It's really about who we are and, and that's what we love to do. So I want you to talk about how did you get to here? Like, where did you start? I mean, okay. So you grew up, you stayed, you live in the same town that you grew up in and you went to high school there and you graduated. And then what did you do? So I was thinking when we started, the first question was like women, what women? So where did I start with businesses? So my mom was a single mom, but I was close to my dad. My mom was a hairdresser and I was the youngest and she would bring me to work all the time because she had to work and I had to go to work. And I would go to my dad's shop too. My dad owns his own business. And I would just be the receptionist because I was there. Everybody thought I was cute. I was little. (laughs) And I was just, I grew up in businesses. We had family businesses. So I always worked. I worked from when I was like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. I was always working part-time jobs in the family businesses because it was a great opportunity we had. So I worked my end career. And then when I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to help people. I always loved math though. My one best friend and me, we would laugh. We loved calculus. We loved math. We would do like math problems just for fun. We loved math. She became a lawyer. I love her. (laughs) Yeah. A true nerd kindred spirit. (laughs) Yeah. So we loved math. I love math classes in high school. I graduated from Notre Dame and I was like, I want to help people. I like math. I like science. I'm going to go into nursing. Okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. Right. I loved the science. I loved the math. I loved going to college. And then they put you in clinical. And I was like, I don't want to touch anyone. <laughs> so that was a big part of nursing that I found I couldn't do. So I dropped it's that in. Good. It's good you found out then, if not like later. <laughs> like as soon as they put you out there, your first rounds, I swear they do this to weed out the strong. Your first rounds are either pediatrics or geriatrics. Oh God. So I think I got the geriatrics. No, I actually was in pediatrics and I just wanted to take all the kids home. And it was when I went to nursing school in Trenton at Capitol Health at the hospital. This is when hospitals still had nursing programs. Yeah. So anyway, I knew that wasn't for me. So I said to my family, it's not for me. I'm going to come back and work. We had a family business. It was like, there was a job there for me. Okay, fine. So I work, I was going to go back to school. It never happened. So now I'm working full time. We owned a Men's tuxedo store. Mm-hmm. My cousin okay. owned it. My father was a partner, but at this point, my father had passed. So my cousin owned it by himself. And we were very close. I'm named after him. His name is Gene. I'm Gina. Oh. So I worked there and I ran the business. Like I was 20 years old. We just, just took worked. it on. Just took it on. I never knew at that point that I loved small businesses. But now that I reflect back, I was doing everything we're doing now. It was a small business. Yeah. So he went off and was doing other things. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, so it was like your first, you didn't know anything different. You had, this was just work. This was just something you liked to do. It did. And I liked, like, I mean, customer service, but I liked the back thing. Like I would do the bills. I would run payroll. I would work with our accountant. Like I would do those things. In retrospect, I'm like, oh, I did all this. (laughs) So anyway, years go on. My cousin kind of takes a different job. He's kind of bored, but they kept the business. It was my full-time job. I get married. I get pregnant. And I say, I don't want to work anymore. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. So we sold our business. It was like, okay, you don't want to work anymore. We don't need it. We sold. Wow. So then I was home for, Danny's 16. I don't know. So Gia was three. Home for like seven years. Like doing, oh, actually I worked. My girlfriend owned a spa and I would work for her like on Thursday nights and Saturdays, like as the receptionist, like I literally, she would like throw me $50, do my nails for free. Like that. Yeah. Did that. And then my accountant friends who 
were the, our accountants at our small business said, why don't you come to work? Your kids are in school. We need help. Couple hours, whatever you want to do. And I went to work for them. Yeah. That felt good to you. It felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. Well, I was back with numbers. Yeah. And I felt, you know, when I work with numbers, I feel smart. I don't know. That's where I'm supposed to be. I feel like I know what I'm confident. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I have the same deal. Like I started out in accounting and then it was boring. And then I went to marketing and then I did marketing research. It was always being drawn back to the numbers. It was always Mm -hmm. about, I love that part of it. Yeah. There's, I don't know what it is because some other people who don't like numbers really don't like numbers. They don't. I'm trying to help my niece right now. She's trying to find her direction. She, and I said, well, why don't you do what I do? And Mm. she was like, you have to work with math and numbers. And I (laughs) hate them. We can't even, I can't grasp that. At all. She was like, I was like, I'll help you. You could train. I'll, you know, I could probably get you a job. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. It was like when me saying touch people, you know, it was yeah. like, oh. and I do have, I actually have a lot of respect for people who know that about themselves, who like, know they don't like numbers, who know that it's just not their forte. And look, we wouldn't have a business if everybody loved numbers. So yeah. I always say that when we look at the numbers, I can look in someone's financials and it's like a story. It really tells a story. I mean, there's of course some things like, oh, where do they go to dinner are obviously there, but there's other things about them. It's- and you can see when you can look and you can see what happened at different times in their business, dependent on their sales and their expenses. And all these different things. And you're right. It does tell that story. It's like you can almost see the breaking point. So sometimes when companies grow really quickly, you can see like this, all of a sudden there's like a break where either the sales drop off or all of a sudden there's a big gap in the costs like for payroll because they haven't caught up to paying, to hiring people to come. And there's like, you can see all these different things. It's really, but I know, I think that's so interesting (laughs) too. I wish if I, you know, do you have any regrets? No, I don't have any regrets. I've had a really great, easy life. I wish at 18 years old, I would have went to school for gotten, and I keep kicking around going back, but I just can't do it. I think that, so wait, I have a question though. So because of your early work as an entrepreneur, did it strengthen you about your thoughts about entrepreneurs did it make you say like, oh, I never want to do that? Or did it say, or like, was there any? Well, I could tell you I never want to own my own business. So, all right. So it did. It kind of made you understand like, I don't ever want to be that person. I'm not. And like you just said about you and I, I'm not the idea person. Mm-hmm. I like to help other people work through their ideas, okay. dreams, whatever you want to call them. But I don't consider myself that person. So, yeah. And you well, knew that when you were working? Yeah. I mean, I've seen so many business owners now where I've been and it's a, they're like the unsung heroes because small business owners, no one gives them the credit. It is a lot of work. They wear so many hats and, you know. Yeah. And it's interesting because we do get to see the inside of all these small businesses and how much, you know, I think a lot of times people look at small business owners and they think it's easy for some reason. And I think they don't realize that it really is a lot of work and people go sleepless nights and you know go on vacation and still work every day of their vacation because they own a small business. And I mean, I saw with my cousin and my family small business, 
And I see it with businesses now. And you, you're responsible for the livelihoods of other people. Yeah. So it's like one thing if you fail, but now you can't fail. So I don't know. That's too much pressure for me. I like supporting (laughs) them. I like working with them. I respect small business owners, but I don't want to be one. Yeah. So, you know, you were saying that they went to work with your mom. How did that influence what you thought about women in the workplace? I mean, in my family, women always worked. So you never even thought of it as any different. My mother worked. My grandmother didn't. She was a stay at home, but I worked from such a young age. And you never saw any difference between women I'm, working or men working or. No. Yeah. I can remember or that stands out in my head or. Yeah. I love that, that you knew you wanted to stay home and how fabulous that you were empowered to be able to make that decision. And your family was supportive of you, like your whole family. Like they were like, yeah, we'll just sell the business. Don't worry about it. Yeah, my four best girlfriends from high school. I mean, they're all professionals. It was like, you know, and we, I mean, we've been friends since we were seven. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a lawyer. I was like, I want to be a mom. And a wife. <laughs> like I knew from, you know, and I knew when it came and when it was right and it was safe, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I don't blame you. There's nothing like, being home with your kids, if that's what you want to do and being able to do it. There's nothing wrong with being a professional too and not being home with your kids because you have to be the best mom that you want to be. Not that someone else wants you to be. No, I was never one of those judgy people. You be you, I'll be me. No, I agree with you. I've done both. I've been a stay-at-home mom and a working mom and I think have their pluses and minuses and and you got to support both. There's, you know, as women, I think that's true. Like as women, we should be supporting whatever choice a woman makes. Oh, for a hundred percent. I mean, we should always be empowering. I mean, not only women, I mean, how anybody for what choice they makes, but I mean, you have to stick with your group, empower moms, empower business owners, women, you know, how about dads that want to stay home? You know, Whatever. It's such a new thing now. I mean, there's, we have, you know, we have a client on paternity leave and he keeps sending us pictures and it's, we love it. And my husband works for a really big corporation and they have paternity leave. And it's just, I think it's cool. I would have loved it. I mean, me too. I don't, I mean, you have a lot of kids that spend a lot of ages. So you've seen different (laughs) errors. But I mean, I had my kids and Dan was home for like the day and then he left for work. Terrible. Well, and they do. It has changed a lot. Even my son who's in the Navy, he had two weeks paternity leave. That's amazing. Like the military's recognizing that, you know, dads are part of the family too. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I do. I think that's awesome. You and I talk about this often, but, you know, let's talk about how we foster women. You know, how can we providing a work environment that supports women? You know, some of the things that, well, you know, you can talk about the series we have that we're doing for our employees, like every month we're bringing somebody in. Well, I mean, the best part about this job, and I hope all jobs, and I do see it even changing, is that we're empowered to be the best employee and best person. Like you can't be a good employee, a good woman, good mother, if you're not empowered to do that, if you're not given the time that you need to do both. Mm. So, I mean, I think here, that's true. Yeah. I mean, how could you be a good employee if you're stressed about the other? And we've seen that. We've, we've seen, seen it come to us out of corporate situations where. Oh, they're so stressed. And yeah. you wonder like how good of an employee were they if they were that overwhelmed at work? 
And then when you're working so much, you're not good at your home life either. And that makes you unhappy too. I mean, happy employees give happy clients, happy, you know, we know that that's a proven fact. Right now we're focusing, you know, we have our team meetings once a month where we learn about new systems and of course, new accounting, but we're learning how to be better us, mm. you know, so we that did. we can So on this show, we had Gen V and JRT. And so we actually had them as guest speakers for our monthly meeting and Gen V was teaching us how to speak and how to, I mean, I'm sorry, how to speak and how to breathe, how to not use our shoulders when we breathe. (laughs) I know. And just, I love, I'm empowered by other women, like professional women, now that you've been doing this show and I see these women. And so I don't want to call it jealousy, but when I saw Jen, I was like, I love the way she presents herself. Like, I want to learn to present myself like that. Like other women you've had on, it's like, you know. They're so confident and they're so... I know they're poised and when they speak, it's eloquent and the things that they do and the things that they're thinking about. And I think that does come from providing an empowering position to them. So, I mean, we have orders, so I want to present that. I was just talking to my girlfriend this morning about Jaya and she's 13 Mm. and you know, I want to present to her. She's she's not so confident right now. Like I want to present. Nobody is at thirteen. Who is right? I mean, at forty five, I'm still not. There are times, but I mean, I do. I like. I finally. I always laughed when people were like, "Wait till you're forty, you'll feel better about it." And it does take that long to get to like yourself. But I want to be confident and show her how to be professional and you know be a good role model to her. Anybody else we work with? No, I think that's very true, and I think of that too. Teenage girls have such low self-esteem and low self-confidence. And it's just, I think it goes with the territory. I remember myself at that age, I was a disaster. And I think if we can empower them and show them that we're confident and that they do definitely look to us and want to know, like, is it okay? Like, am I going to get through this? I know. And it's and so- she said to me yesterday, you don't listen to me. So I'm trying, and we did a show on that, active listening. We did. What was our active listener? Was one of your guests too? Oh, I can picture her face. Mindy, do you remember what her name was? Oh, it was oh, Nikki. Nikki. Yes, Nikki Ganjami. She was excellent. And she did. She really helped us to do that listening. And I, I think all kids think that we don't listen. I know, but I do want to hear her. I do. I do. I know. And I think empowering women with our group of women, we have the most wonderful women and we do listen. Mm-hmm. We do listen and take unspoken cues too. Mm-hmm. you know, know when someone's not at their best and try to help and be supportive. And-, and I think maybe that's one of the best ways is to help women and to support them in the workplace is to listen for the unspoken cues. Yeah. Because women have a hard time saying I need help. Oh, Yeah. A hundred percent. Women can do everything. Do you think? I believe that though. I know. Why do we believe that? Why do we think? So it's a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. It has two sides to it. Why do you think we believe that? I don't know. I mean, we can. I mean, you can. It's just, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to do everything. And there's things. And right now, you know, we're doing this exercise, which I can't wait to do is, you know, track your day, right? Put in quadrants what you're doing in your day, what you're good at, what you don't like, and try to take some things off your plate. Oh my God. I love that. So we're working with a gentleman and he gave us these four quadrants and it's, what do you love? And you're great at, it's like, keep that. 
What do you like and you're good at? Okay, you could keep that. What didn't you like and you're not good at? Get rid of it. And what don't you like, but you are good at? Yeah. Because I think we all have those things that like we do. For example, Michelle on our team does not like sales tax, but she's good at it. (laughs) Can't get that up if you're here. She's so ready to like push that off. But it's true. Like I'm trying to think there's, you know, there's definitely things. I definitely want to track that more too, you know, and carve out. And it's something that we actually do with our team is ask them, what do you love to do in the realm of accounting? And we try to get people in doing that because that's... And even with Gina. So like I said, Gina had started with us doing bookkeeping and she's very, very good at it. And then she started to explore other skills that she had and was able to grow into this chief of staff position. And now she's realized she still loves the bookkeeping, but there's more that she loves to do. Yeah. I mean, and you work with great women. I won't cry, but you bring out the best in me. You know, I mean, you've empowered me to do things that I'm like, you're like, you can do that. I can't do that. Yes, you can. (laughs) And then I'm like, I I can do that. And now I'm doing that well. Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you are like, I was amazed, you know, I just think too, that people don't see themselves the same way as other people see them. hundred percent. And you just have to keep, I don't know, everything we learn is if you have to say things, what, five to seven times before someone hears it. So just keep repeating it. And so maybe that's a good way also to empower other women is when we see that in them, continue to tell them like, I see this in you and it's amazing because, and maybe we keep doing that with our daughters too. That's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I mean, just keep repeating it. Yeah. So my daughters are 14 and 16 and I try to do that with them and tell them, because they get down on themselves so quickly and so easily. I always feel really bad about that. You know, even if a teenager, anything after 13 is they're very delicate. So if I mention anything like, how'd you do in that test? Oh, why didn't you, you know, do as well? And that's it right off the rails, right off. So I have to remind them, I'm just surprised because you love the subject so much, or I saw how much you studied and you really are a rock star, you know, just asking if something happened, did you have a bad day or. Yeah. Well, breathe. All right. Oh my God. I moved my shoulders. Trying to. I know. That was, that takes a deep breath. Teenagers are. Teenagers are a deep breath. Mm -hmm. I think we're raising a generation of rock star women though, because we know a lot more. So much more in the world's changing. Like I'm happy for them. Like you were just talking about like, why can women can do anything? It's just, what do you want to do? You just have to pick and choose. You can do anything you want. I actually think you just hit the nail on the head. It's that we can choose. So I think it was, you know, there was an iteration, probably maybe our mothers or a little bit before could only do certain things. And then I think when we were growing up, it was like, you have to do everything. You can be super mom and career minded and do all that. You can do it all. And now we're coming to the next generation of, you can actually choose. You don't have to do it all. You can, we've proven generations have proven you can do it all, but now you have a choice of, and it's okay to pick one or the other or part of both or, and I think that's going to be great for this next generation to be able to have it. I hope so too. They have way more to deal with than Mm -hmm. we did. So what are you reading, watching, listening to right now? 
Are you binging on anything on Netflix or reading anything that's really good? I'm not watching anything on Netflix. It is baseball season. So in my You're house, watching baseball at the field. <laughs> at the field and on TV. So oh, okay. My husband and I usually over the winter we pick us, you know, whatever we want to watch, but it's baseball season. So we're not watching anything together. Who's your baseball team? Oh, the Yankees, of course. I don't know. In this area, it could be like Mets or, you know. One of the Yankees fans. Could even be Phillies too, because like we're in that in between. We're in the corridor here between the two. Oh, Def, we're not Phillies fans. (laughs) I consider myself North Jersey, not South Jersey. (laughs) Oh my God. We don't want to start that argument. (laughs) But what am I reading? We were just reading together. I just, good to great. Yeah, good to great. We learned about the hedgehog concept, about... Mm -hmm deeply passionate about something and best in the world and what drives us economically and where those three circles meet is where you can really make the most impact. And it's where great companies are made. Yeah. So I'm so. reading great, but I might finish. I don't know. We just finished the first five chapters. So I'm in that and listening. I am listening to everything Gia listens to, and I'm really hooked on like the teen angst, like pop stars right now really like olivia rodrigo and all those silly ones and i think it's great mindy said we're central i guess so mindy but i still i identify as north oh my god so i didn't grow up in new jersey so i have no vote in this i have no horse in the race it's a big debate (laughs) well it's like the other debate is taylor ham or pork roll pork roll and you call it pork roll so now taylor ham is from trenton it actually, the factory roll. is here. And so it's so funny that most of the people I know call it pork roll. Yeah. Well, because we no. grew up on cases pork roll. I didn't eat Taylor. I ate Taylor Ham. That was the other team. You weren't no. switching. No. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, Gina, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your perspective with us. Thank you for having us. And multiple people. Thank you for having me. <laughs> me and all my personalities. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank our producer, Smart Boss Media. Be sure to check out their webpage at smartboss.media or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram. And thank you to everybody who's listening and responding to this episode. We love having you as part of our community. If you haven't already, you can register for the live webinar and spend your lunch break with us every Thursday. Next week on Life Unedited Working Women, our guest will be Sally Bryant. And she's the president and CEO of Bryant Group, a leadership consulting firm specializing in executive recruitment, talent development, and leadership coaching. Thanks again, Gina. Appreciate it. All right. Bye, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Life Unedited Working Women, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can just email us at info at smartboss.media. Also at smartboss.media, you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.